0: 205 Vibe. I'm Earl Dotson, Jr. On this episode, we're sharing the conversation from the Rockford Chamber of Commerce Community Priority Series, which was recorded and broadcast live in November 2022. Let's turn the conversation over to Superintendent Aaron Jarrett and Rockford Chamber of Commerce President, Caitlin Pusateri.
1: So, my name is Caitlin Pusateri, I'm the president of the Rockford Chamber of Commerce. We are here today with Dr. Aaron Jarrett, welcome, thank you so much, Superintendent of Rockford Public Schools, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much
0: for having me, this is a great opportunity.
1: Yeah, and it's it's January outside, Uh, somehow we skipped all of Christmas, it's snowing, I don't understand, I'm cold, my kids don't have boots, I don't know what happened.
0: We went from the 70s to 30s very quickly.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm not ready. So, uh, but it looks pretty. So we're glad to be indoors Mm -hmm. today. So we are going to jump right in. You are celebrating 10 years as superintendent of Ruffer Public Schools. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. It's uh, it's flown by.
1: Yeah, it has. I mean, as an outsider, it has. There's a lot of big things happening at at RPS and that have happened over that last decade. Do you want to run over a couple of them?
0: You know, as I think back on 10 years, and it's actually 12 in the district uh, for me because I had a chance to spend some time as an assistant superintendent, I really think what we've tried to stay focused on with our board and with our community in partnership with the business community are two really big overarching things. We wanna make sure, number one, we are really serving our students really well with college and career readiness opportunities to ensure that they wanna stick around here. Yeah. Because students can go anywhere. And ultimately, we wanna create an environment where our business community feels like, wow, what a great advantage it is to have a business in Rockford, Illinois, because of all the great programming we have. and access to talent which over and over again i hear is a key issue so as i look back on some of our greatest successes over the last 10 years we know we aren't where we want to be yet sure Uh, but one of the things we're really some of the things we're really proud of one is we've really adhered to a tax climate that I think we can be proud of. Our board has held the line on our tax levy for over a decade now, and we at one point had a tax rate of $7.93. It has now dropped to a projected $5.72. So wow, when you can have like a 30% de- decrease in tax rate, that is something we think can create a really strong environment for businesses when, it, when we talk about business retention. Uh, we've also really invested in our facilities. We uh, we had really, really low facility investment uh, for a number of decades uh, where we just had not done much to our facilities, really older buildings that hadn't been invested in. So we did a 10-year, $279 million facilities plan. Wow. And we added two brand new elementary schools. We created um, four four quadrant-based early childhood centers invested in our high school academies and just did some really exciting things we eliminated the uh, dreaded cafetorium
1: ah. from all of our <laughs> elementary schools
0: and we took eight of our oldest buildings offline and uh sure. demolished them to make sure we didn't leave blight behind Great. so we're really proud of the changes in the footprint and We've taken some steps with college and career readiness. We've seen significant increases in college credits and career certifications, advanced placement. We've been recognized by Ford Motor Company for that work. We're starting to see some improvements with our freshman on track rate and some of our student achievement metrics. But at the end of the day, the reason we're here today is because we want to talk about the survey. And uh, we know that we have work to do when it comes to creating a climate where businesses want to stay and where students want to come home.
1: Yeah. So there was a lot you said there um, because I asked you to highlight 10 years. So that makes sense. There's been a lot done. So Rockford Public Schools has 5,000-ish, give or take one or two, staff members. So you're a very large employer, one of the largest in the region. And then you also serve 28,000 students. I mean, that is a huge... That is a huge boat that's a big boat that you're you're driving there so um, when I think about workforce and talent and and wanting to keep those students here I'm like that's 28,000 people that can be voting in our elections when they reach age that's 28,000 people that can be um, volunteering for our nonprofits can be working in our manufacturing companies can be working in our professional services I mean you really you are the future of Rockford how's that feel
0: you know what it is an incredible honor to be in the role of superintendent and it's so much a team sport we talk about thousands of teachers we talk about a board of education that is publicly elected and really is a key driver for our success and my success personally Uh, and our community does need to recognize the importance of our children being the future and frankly to ensure that we have a business climate where Uh, there are tremendous opportunities for those young men and women when they become high school graduates, complete a career program, complete military service, or ultimately complete a college degree of some kind. We want them to feel welcome back home. And I I think that is so much of the essence of our work moving forward is how do we make those connections between our students and our community and ultimately our business community strong and stronger over time.
1: Yeah, well we're excited to play a role in that. I know it it does take a village. It takes a community to really raise the next generation of talent. So I'm I'm excited for our conversation today. I did want to touch uh, briefly a little bit on the facilities plan a little bit. Uh, we met with the mayor, I think it was last month, um, that the mayor and I chatted, and we talked a lot about infrastructure and roads and such. And I think that, you know, schools having air conditioning is similar. It's so important. Uh, nobody wants to be hot. It's hard to learn when you're hot. It's hard to do anything when you're hot. Um, have you... I mean, that has to increase morale and it's, it's, I applaud you for doing it because it's hard to, I think to get people to understand that the environment matters um, and that it costs a lot of money and it's not always, you know, if you put new HVAC in, you don't see that, but it's such a huge investment. Have your students, have they just been happier? Is everyone happier in that building that's now air conditioned or whenever it was?
0: Well, we have some work to do on that air conditioning plan. So, just to give you some background, yes, our students and staff are going to be so excited, but it's going to take some time because yes. we only had about 30% of our classroom space was air conditioned, and we're going to okay. get to 100%. But it's going to take probably three or four summers to get all of that done because that's work that largely has to be done during the summertime. So, oh, sure. Yeah. So, we're about, uh, we're going to have our first set of schools that didn't have air conditioning done this summer.
1: Oh, exciting. Okay. And
0: each summer after that, we're going to get about another third of of the schools completed. Uh, Bottom line is we got $165 million from the federal government during the ARP Mm ESSER pandemic funding. We thought, what a great way to make the building conditions and climate better for student learning during the school year, but it also gives us the ability to extend the school year. So now oh, sure. if community partners wanna use our spaces for extended learning opportunities, or if we come up with improved extended summer learning, now we can do that in a climate controlled environment. So there's a strategic yeah. importance to it, but yes, there is a big morale boost <laughs> as well, and we're really looking forward to that.
1: That's awesome. So I jumped the gun a little bit. So not everybody's air conditioned yet. Sorry for those not air conditioned at home. Uh, but that's summer That's summer problem, we're in winter now. So, um, so let's talk about the perception of Rockford Public Schools in our community, specifically the p- business community, that's our audience today. It's been more than five years since the Rockford Chamber audience was surveyed about Rockford Public Schools. So this spring in 2022, 160 people responded to a survey about the district. So we are going to use that feedback to kind of shape our conversation today. So looking at the survey, what's the perception of the district in our community? And and perception, what do you do with perception? What do you do with that?
0: Absolutely. And I am so thankful that the chamber partnered with us to provide the survey. We need this kind of communication. And sure. I think my biggest takeaway, uh, I really had two big takeaways. One was a sense of, gradual improvement has happened in our relationship with the business community. When yeah. I had the opportunity to start as the superintendent that very first chamber survey that had come in based on some work uh, two superintendents prior to me was the old was the original data and mm. we got the data I took a look at the data that was sitting in a file cabinet somewhere and we were sitting at basically a 3% approval rating from the business community. Yeah, it wasn't great. And I was really really disheartened when I saw that. And then I looked deeper into it, realized we were a member of the chamber and probably voted for ourselves to get to the
1: 3%. So
0: I I think we were basically starting from zero. And when you look at that 2009 to 2011 era, there was just real, real disconnect. And we haven't worked through all of that yet. But when I looked at our chamber data this time, what I saw, one big theme was we need to come up with better ways beyond an annual survey which is a great step to have regular conversations between higher ed mm-hmm. the business community and our k-12 and not just the Rockford public schools our private schools sure. other regional school districts we have got to come together this is a team sport and we need to be listening more frequently to the business community one of the things that really jumped out at me is about 80% said we need more visibility and more conversations. Mm. And I think that is something that I want to immediately invite our business community to be a part of. We're going to come up with, in partnership with the Chamber Mm. and other entities, I'm really looking forward to having some very highly structured conversations around talent. And I think the more we invest in our students and we invest in the talent pipeline for our companies, the happier people are going to be when they take these surveys.
1: Yeah, I think so too. We are excited to do this the data work because we can't fix what we don't know. So I always encourage people to take um, the surveys that we put out there uh, for, be it education or anything else that we send out, because if we don't get the information, we can't give it back to you, and we can't collaboratively work to kind of to kind of move this this ball down the line, because it is. It is everyone's issue. I don't, know, I don't uh, live in Rockford proper, um, but I work here. I engage here. It matters to me that the public school system is healthy and vibrant and supported by the business community. I think as often as we ask for feedback, we also then, um, or ask to provide feedback, we also have to be able and willing to say, okay, now here we are to be Partners and to help, so I'm excited about that work.
0: It's truly the ultimate symbiotic relationship. Uh, a strong public school system needs to be supported by the business community, and the only way we're going to have a strong business community is if we have a strong public school system. It's very difficult to accomplish that without those entities being very tightly aligned and working closely together. And we've been so grateful for the support we've received for the business community, and we're really looking forward to enhancing that relationship moving forward.
1: Great. And I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but there is information that we're going to send out after this, um, our conversation together, uh, both a copy of this conversation and then some information on how business uh, partners can get more involved. So we will be sending that out. as well.
0: Absolutely. We're going to ask for ways that uh, we're certainly going to be asking for some help, but we're also going to be looking for ways we can listen and be better and better with our partners in higher ed as well, because ultimately there are lots of talent needs out there. I very rarely run into somebody who owns a business in this community where talent isn't right at the top of the list of their challenges.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's usually the first thing out of their mouth, which is always a little difficult um, because it's such a long game. And and that's an interesting part of education is changes that you make today, you will, there's a few that you could see, you know, tomorrow, but most of them you're, you're really looking at 12 years out and that's, how do you handle that as a, as a leader knowing that your work is so long-term?
0: I think we're gonna talk about both today. I I really think that was a great way to frame it. I think there are generational things we need to do to improve educational outcomes and aspirations for students for their college and career readiness. And Mm -hmm. we've done some things that we can talk about there, but we also, there's some really short-term things we've got to do too. We can't, I I think businesses both want to know that we are thinking about the long-term, but also that we're not gonna wait We can't always wait because they have this quarter to worry about or this year. And and whether it's shareholders or or, uh, payrolls to meet, we have to both show the urgency to do things in the short term as well as long term. You know, one of the long term things that I'm really proud to partner with the city of Rockford, Northern Illinois University, Rockford University and uh, RVC is a really unique Rockford partner, uh, Rockford Promise partnership.
1: Yes, outstanding. I mean,
0: we are sitting uh, with 300 students that are attending Northern Illinois University right now with our first two cohorts. We also have a number of students who are at RU and RVC. But for students to know in our community, if you buy a home in our community or attend our schools in high school, you can achieve a 3.0 GPA and know that you have a tuition-free scholarship to a, a major state research institution like Northern Illinois is exciting. We also have those great partnerships with the Rockford University and RBC as well. So what the mayor and the city has accomplished and what we've been able to do there, I think, is one of those generational, game-changing kind of investments that we've made as a community.
1: Yeah, so Rockford Promise is huge for our community. It's huge, uh, as you just said, for... the students themselves, but it is also a recruitment tool to bring talent here. Oh, I can move to Rockford, and not only do i can I participate in affordable housing and a wonderful community, but my child's future is kind of taken care of. I, who doesn't want that? That's absolutely outstanding. So um, what are what are some of the things that Rockford Promise is bringing is kind of instilling in the students that are that are of age to be going to college? A lot of them are first-generational. It's, it's got to be giving them hope. It's got to be giving them kind of excitement. It, what are the students' perception of Rockford Promise?
0: Well, first of all, I just want to highlight, um, check out our award-winning 2055 podcast. We have an interview with yeah. Susan Fumo from uh, Rockford Promise who really lays out a lot more detail than I can do today sure. if you're interested. Sure. But let's talk about those students yeah. and the families and what that does for our community. First of all, it's an aspirational tool. Yeah. I think it's awesome for young men and women to know that from the time they enter kindergarten in our system or even early childhood, if they're able to cognitively comprehend this, but (laughs) it's probably early elementary, they can start knowing that this community cares so much about its youth that we've made that huge of an investment in a tuition-free experience for college. To, for families and students to know that, that creates a level of aspiration that I think is really unique yeah. in our community. Um, number two, it does drive, cynically, it drives home values. Sure. I know the purchase of a home in Rockford, Illinois, and the Rockford public school system is connected to a tuition-free scholarship. That is a pretty powerful incentive. And three, I think this could eventually lead to attracting and retaining talent. So, I'm most excited as a superintendent. I get really excited seeing these first-generation college students, 80% of them are first-generation in this year's cohort. I love that. We have a very racially diverse group that really does reflect the diversity of our community. And we're seeing this change lives, not just for these students, but ultimately it's going to change lives for generations moving
1: forward. Yeah, that's exciting work. That's impactful work. Um, And the business community can get involved in that work because once they've left your – I mean, part of the – the problem I guess with education is you only have them for a set amount of time during a day, six, eight hours, whatever it is, a little bit more if they're in sports or, or before or after school care programs, things like that. But I think of when they go to college, when they move on, you know, they've left the nest. So the business community can participate as mentors um, and I'm sure there's some other volunteer opportunities that we can continue to kind of wrap our arms around them.
0: Yeah, two big asks there. One, we'd like to see this continue to expand as we look at don- potential philanthropic donations. Mm-hmm. Yes, we can. We, we would love to have time to be mentors because helping first-generation children and students as the young adults succeed is so important to have mentors who have been through those experiences. Before. Right. Two, another thing we've done is some private fundraising around is housing. Oh, um, sure attending on campus actually dramatically increases the likelihood of student retention Okay. and we think that is really important so we've raised over a hundred thousand dollars to supplement room and board which is not covered in the rockford promise sure. and then three uh, we want to see this expand right home here with rockford university and rvc as well so yeah those are all exciting opportunities to get involved mentoring and also potentially some philanthropic contributions all really help build on the million five a year the city of Rockford has contributed and the multi-million dollars of tuition discounts all of our partner universities are, and institutions are providing. So this is a pretty powerful thing and the private sector can absolutely help make it even more powerful.
1: Awesome. I look forward to how we can, can continue to see it grow. Uh, so I want to jump into vocational training, but before we do that, I'm going to take just a step back. So before before students go forward, before they go to college or they, they do a vocation or, um, you know, they join the military, whatever path that they kind of choose, all of those paths need soft skills. And I hear from businesses a lot, we've talked about, you know, the talent pipeline, we need bodies, We need, but we need people that understand how to work with people. We need people that are just the soft skill ready. What is Rockford Public Schools doing to address that soft skill side of things?
0: Well, I have to tell you, when we looked at the survey and every time we've given the survey, Mm -hmm. this is the number one challenge. We aren't seeing businesses as they respond to us in the survey. They're just not seeing what they want to see in terms of a workforce readiness and particularly as it pertains to those soft skills. We're just seeing, uh, I hear a lot of things like we need people who can show up on time. We need people who um, can uh, really be great team teammates and mm-hmm. um, sometimes we're just not seeing that in the applicant pool right now and obviously mm-hmm. K-12 has a big hand in that. So right. one of the things we're doing, this is one of those examples of something we can't wait 12 years for.
1: Right, got to do it now.
0: Right. This is one we got to do right now. So what we, we're going to be starting this semester and the survey really mattered in helping us prioritize this financially. We are going to be adding for each high school and Roosevelt, uh, so five workforce coaches that are going to go out to our students. Thousands of our students already have part-time jobs. Oh, sure. And they're already exhibiting soft skills in those jobs. But this, these workforce coaches are going to go out and visit with those students, talk to their bosses, find out how they're doing. So this is a way the business community can help participate. Great. And we're going to get digital badges for the students. They're going to be able to earn recognition for those soft skills and they're going to be able to earn high school credit so we're going to really kind of meet our students and the business community where they are we don't have hundreds of businesses that are large enough to develop real long-term talent pathways just yet but what we can do is take advantage of so many students already working part-time jobs we have students that are working at ice cream shops that are working that are waiting tables that are working in manufacturing Mm -hmm. all different types of experiences and I think the more we can seize on those existing experiences that will give us a great foundation to talk about have that soft skill conversation with our business partners
1: Well, and then it's real life it's real life work you know it's it's applicable it's not you know a train is going down a track at however many miles an hour so that's awesome um is it unique that Rockford's youth or, or Rockford's we'll just focus on youth have soft skill issues is that unique to us
0: I think this may not only be universal right now in our across our country, I think it may be universal across generations. I think it is a very typical thing as we have generational transition mm-hmm. that there's a sense that the next generation just doesn't get it with soft skills. So oh, part sure. of this is bridging some of those generational gaps and yeah. People thinking and learning and communicating differently so there's some of that of building some shared understanding
1: mm-hmm. and
0: one generation getting to know the generation but I also do think we have some unique soft skill things I think we see the school system and the community at times having to do more of the job of the family than we would all like sure. but the reality is we do have some significant gaps and whether it's knowing how to dress for an interview whether it's knowing how to shake someone's hand and look them in the eye the more we can provide those experiences in our school system but also in the actual business community, I think we will be better for it as a community.
1: Yeah, I I encourage the business community to just um, play an active role in that because it's it's funny I. I'm going to relate it to parenting because it was a rough morning and, uh, with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And it just makes sense. My daughter doesn't know how to blow her nose. And having like gone through a cold recently, I was like, Oh my God, it's Kleenex. Like it's not a mass destruction weapon. It's that that's how she acts when I bring it towards her. But I realized she doesn't know how to do it. And I, I know how to blow my nose. I learned that. Um, I, I mastered that skill pretty early, I guess. I take for granted that I know how to blow my nose and she doesn't, but I got frustrated with her as she's, you know, getting sick. So I, it's such a stupid example, right? But I think about as a business community, we can either be really annoyed that, you know, someone doesn't know how to dress for an interview or or they're never on time or whatever, or we can take a step back and we can say, maybe they just don't know. Maybe it would be helpful if I said, man, I noticed that you're not, uh, You know, that's not the outfit I would have chosen for this interview. Is there something that I can do to give you some feedback or to help? Or like, can I take you shopping or whatever it is as a community? If we could be a place that is more welcoming, more uh, focused on belonging and looking for those ways for, for to be accommodating and graceful. I just feel that would help everybody.
0: I completely agree, and I think there's really two big ways we can help. One is we're going to try to make it really easy for the business community by sending coaches to them where the students are already working. So I think that in a very, very busy time where people are short headcount, they may not have the staffing time there to send people out to our schools or out to events. But we do want to encourage people still, while we're doing this one strategy uh, of sending out workforce coaches, to still stay invested with ideas like hey, getting a booth at the Academy Expo and yeah. helping our students learn what all the wonderful opportunities that our community has. Potentially serve, allowing job shadowing experiences for students. Sure internships are the gold standard if we can have summer internships and jobs mm-hmm. that really lead to a career and businesses can partner with them we have lots of ways we can do those things and yeah my hope is we can do both really well on the one hand let's meet our students and our community where where we all are yeah. with these job coaches right let's keep building these really well-designed talent pathways as well and that will mean a need for some volunteers from our business community to spend time with our students in exactly the way you described yeah uh, the kindness but assertiveness sure. of helping raise standards for how uh, our young men and women show up in the workplace.
1: Yeah, Patrick Lancioni, who we brought the chamber brought to town I think in 2016 it was a uh, world class leadership expert talked about accountability being an an act of love and letting people just kind of walk all over you or not sitting them down and saying, "Hey, you're going down a, a bad path or you're, you know, you've never turned this in on time. Everybody's working around you. This is a problem." Figuring out how to sit down and have those hard conversations and give it the time and the grace it deserves is is a wonderful service to people. And so if we can extend that in a business community and build a culture that does that and then extend that to our youth, that's a beautiful thing. Letting them do whatever they want isn't helpful as a parent, isn't helpful as a business community, isn't helpful in the school system. So it's it's that accountability with kindness.
0: Absolutely. You said it so well. And uh, that that is exactly what we aspire to do as a community.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about vocational training. Um, college, the Rockford Promise has an awesome program for those going a more traditional path. But vocational training, there's so many great opportunities in Rockford to to really find your passion and what you're good at. And to, that will lead to a really high-paying, fulfilling job. So tell me about what's going on in the vocational world for Rockford Public Schools.
0: Absolutely. And, and let me back up again to the survey here. Yeah. When we look at the survey, people love that we've got Rockford Promise going. They oh, give the for city sure. tremendous credit and our higher ed partners tremendous credit for creating that. But that's one of really multiple exits we should be providing for our students. Yes. One exit is... Absolutely college to career. Right. And that probably has been a little overemphasized sure. in our culture. Right. It's a great way to go, but it shouldn't be the only way to go. Right. Sometimes young men and women need to go right to a career. Yeah. And when we look at our survey data, that right to career stuff is is an area the district really is underperforming in the eyes of our business community. Mm. So our response to that is something we're going to be calling a career running start. Okay. So Rock Valley has had a long-standing partnership with the district where students get a running start on a 2-year degree which leads to being able to complete a 4-year degree more quickly. Wonderful program. Again, more emphasis on the college degree. Sure. What could we do to get that running start to our students who are ready to dive right into a career, yeah, and not take on some of that debt load. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to be offering are four different half-day experiences of full-time career training, either in the morning or the evening. Wow! And flip-flopping it with completing their academic coursework. Great! It's so really a half-time academic student half-time doing job-embedded learning to build a career. That's career awesome. like mechatronics, manufacturing, welding, and Rockford is an aviation hub, so we're going to have our aviation maintenance pathway as well. So Great. we think that we are going to be able to have a running start directly to a career for a number of our students in the same way we're giving students a running start towards college. And I think we really consistently here not doing enough on this direct-to-career work, and so I think this is something our business community is really going to be excited about, I know we're excited
1: about it. Yeah. How are the students, uh, has, has any of this been rolled out yet? Or when, when's kind of the timeline for this?
0: Well, we are going to have this for board approval in December. Oh, exciting. And, okay. Uh, excited to get started this right away here. And again, this comes down to, for those of you that don't think the survey matters, um, this was an impetus for us. When we looked at that, that survey data, we saw a, a direct impact from that survey was this idea of we're just not resonating with the business community on our direct to career opportunities. We also saw the gaps in soft skills and that's why you see both these career coaches going out into the business community and now these direct to career running start opportunities this really is the kind of listening back and forth we want to see with our community. And we're looking forward to doing more with the business community moving forward. So we're going to get going right away on this pending board approval.
1: Awesome. That's great. Well, I hope the board um, is behind that because I can only imagine how exciting this is for the business community to have. They would have talent now, talent that's learning, but talent now that can really participate. And, and what a wonderful jump start for those students as well.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this is a chance for students to get a great paying job right away, no debt, and it's a way for our business community to see some immediate infusion of talent at a time where talent is very hard to come by.
1: Yeah. So tell me more about the certifications. There are industry certifications that students specifically can, can get now and that you offer. You offer quite a few. I was, I was surprised, not surprised, huh, surprised. I was amazed at the, the list during that survey. I'm like, wow, this is a ton.
0: Yeah, we have an aspiration through our high school academy model, which has been nationally recognized. We have 14 different career pathways, and all of those career pathways take our students on a journey where they graduate uh, with either college credit and or. Mm-hmm. career certifications. Okay. So of those 14, we're going to kind of take 4 of those and really hypercharge them. So instead of a 3 course sequence in high school, sophomore, junior and senior year where we do a little bit of career preparation and get a career certification, mm-hmm. these are going to be like 5 classes worth all happening in once in, in during that senior year. So it's taking our concept of career certifications and really amplifying it and yeah. speeding up the process, so that those young men and women that are excited to dive right into the world of work with zero debt, they can do that right away.
1: Yeah, who, zero debt, man. That's I'm not not vocationally minded. Everyone is very glad I'm not a welder. So uh, debt or not, but um, so the business community obviously is going to want to play an active role in this in this game changer. What can the business community do in partnership with um, Rockford Public Schools? You said, as a as a society, this is not just a Rockford issue, but as a society, we've put a lot of emphasis on, you know, everybody has to go to college. So, what can we do to make those uh, that are seeking vocational training feel valued, feel welcomed, feel just as important and equal to those that are that are approaching college because they are. They are.
0: This is going to sound overly simple. Okay. But let's start with hiring them. When they complete the program. Like when we have, if we build worthwhile candidates, mm-hmm. let's make those investments. And, you know, we have economic fluctuations all the time. Yeah. Um, it's sometimes, uh, whether it's making a, the current payroll or dealing with quarterly expectations, we know that can be a huge challenge for businesses. But we do, if we continue to make these investments in mm-hmm. developing a high-quality workforce, the number one thing we can do is, obviously, these young men and women need to be worthy of employment. Sure. But let's... Find a way to get them involved, whether it's an internship Mm -hmm. or whether that's full employment uh, for those young men and women that are completing these pathways. The more we can do that, the better. We also, I think, can start investing in relationships earlier. Sure. I am so proud every year when I visit that Academy Expo, and I've literally seen thousands of of people who work in our region showing up for our students energized, helping them learn interviewing skills and really showing what Rockford has to offer as a region Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of employability, showing up for potential classroom visits to talk about your career in in our careers class in eighth grade and ninth grade. We also have the opportunity to do that job shadowing, even allowing some of our teachers to have externships at our company. There are so many ways that if we want to have guaranteed experiences to develop our students, We have to have that partnership with the business and we're proud to say i think we have over 500 uh, business partners that have worked with us over the course of improving our college and career readiness through our high school academy model and and counting so that's really exciting
1: that is really exciting so you brought up the externships kind of made me think of something for the teachers let's talk about the teachers that you have a huge workforce what is rockford public schools doing to support teachers Uh, i'm married to a teacher i'm the daughter of a teacher teaching is special like it it takes a special person it's hard the pandemic made it so much harder what are you doing to support teachers and to help them grow
0: well we are trying to eat our proverbial own cooking here with how we develop teachers you know we've talked to businesses for years about the importance of developing long-term talent development strategies and pathways and so we have a teacher pathway So each year 20 rps graduates head on to rockford university virtually tuition free come to work for the district when they complete their degree in four years. Uh, we're on our seventh cohort now, so we have three groups of young men and women who are already working for us. Wow. And then we pay for their master's degree when they show up. Wow! So w- teaching is a very backloaded compensation model. You yes. get really wonderful benefits. You get a great pension. But what you don't often get is a highly competitive starting salary. So we're also making big investments in – paying for graduate schools to help, graduate school to help people move and advance on the salary schedule we're upping starting salaries and we're investing in things like housing incentives paid student teaching experiences we want rockford to be a fun place to live work and play in your 20s and in order to do that we've got to invest in a really vibrant teaching community. We're, we're a big employer in the community. Sometimes we're the largest employer. Mm-hmm. And we want our, those men and women that go into the teaching profession, which are nearly 2,000 strong, yeah. uh, we want them to have an exciting early career opportunity, not just a great long-term opportunity.
1: That's great. Um, we actually, one of our staff uh, members is writing an article on the housing community in the Rockford region. And uh, that story will be hitting your December voice on the front page, so stay tuned. But he talked a bit about... Um, Rockford Public Schools announced an exciting project and you work with Habitat for Humanity and your students. Do you want to talk about that at all?
0: Yeah, we're we're so excited. Long-term partnership with Habitat. I think we've built seven or eight houses together already in different stages with East and Guilford High School. We're going to be partnering in a subdivision right behind Auburn High School. And that housing incentive is going to tie in really nicely to hopefully have some of our employees potentially be the, the recipients, as well as the much deserving Habitat for Humanity families that, that we serve with the partnership. We're also going to be looking at what can we do for larger developments. Uh, uh, would it be possible for us to have a 50-100 to 100 unit building that is largely filled with young 20-something professionals and the school district makes a commitment to subsidize some of that housing for those early career professionals? Maybe uh, some of our other partners could get involved with that as well. We, we really are a strong boomerang community in Rockford, where sure, people yeah. um, come back eventually when they have families. Right. I'd like to see us be, do a better job of creating a really hospitable environment for Men and women in their twenties, and I think how we redefine what the early teaching career experience could be a great model uh, with some partnership in the community to attract and retain young professionals right here in Rockford.
1: Yeah, maybe you could even partner with the healthcare systems to attract and retain those young nurses and such. That would
0: we would love it. I can. I think that's what happens in larger cities, right? And I would love to see more of that happen in our community if we can find the right housing environment. And I think there are some really nice pieces in place already. I'd love to see us think more intentionally about early career compensation uh, and the investment we need to make in young people to make Rockford an exciting place to live in their 20s.
1: Yeah, and as someone who lived in, their, in Rockford in their 20s, it was really fun. It was weird. I enjoyed it. So, um, So your vision hasn't changed. You want Rockford Public Schools to be the first choice for all families. Tell me, what does that mean?
0: And When we talk about being the first choice for all families, it first starts with the academic performance of our students. That's our core job, and we are asked to do a lot for our families and our students, but ultimately we want all of our students to leave us college and career ready, and that's a big part of being first choice is we want to see that regardless of zip code, mm-hmm. that everywhere in our community students have access to a high-performing school. And that's not where we are right now we when we look at a map we can see places where we're doing a really great job and we can see places where we aren't doing enough yet so as we aspire to be a first choice community that means every school being a high performing school so that it doesn't matter where you live if you're in that rockford public school footprint you know you've got a really high performing school we're working hard to get there um and i think we will get there but it's gonna take that is some of that generational work we're talking about we have to one school at a time, make sure that everyone has a high-performing place. One thing we're doing that's ex- really exciting on that front is we're opening our first International Baccalaureate Elementary School. It's going to be at Conklin Elementary School. It's going to be in- serve students primarily in the northwest side to start with. Uh, if that goes as well as I think it's going to, then we're going to have three or four more of those. IB, for those at home that aren't as familiar with this, think uh, the rigor of the gifted program without an admissions test. Oh. This is really high quality stuff that backs up to a curriculum that is internationally recognized. Students will be learning a second language. In our first program, wow. it's going to be Spanish. Okay, And we are going to do some amazing things with the students in the northwest side to start with. But eventually, I hope we have at least one of those in every quadrant of our city.
1: What are the biggest, what are the biggest obstacles to, to all of that happening? Uh, what's standing in your way?
0: I think... As an educator, I think the biggest obstacle is always the variable of time. Sure. When I look at students that come to kindergarten lacking readiness skills, come into early childhood lacking readiness skills, come to middle school, high school, we can always draw it back to adding more high-quality time. We get 174 days, seven hours a day with these young men and women. uh, And the earlier we can start their learning journey with high-quality early childhood program, and the more we can inject high-quality extended learning opportunities, extended play opportunities mm-hmm. uh, with before and after-school programming, high-quality summer programming, we've got to do all of that well and most importantly, nail it with the 174 days we do have with these, uh, these students. So if we do that, I think that's how you close the gap, one school at a time, one student at a time. Uh, if you don't have high-quality experience, and time invested in our families, we're gonna to continue to get the results that we've always gotten, which are uneven, and that's not okay.
1: Yeah, so collaboration is gonna play a big role in all of that, and, and I, I feel for educators because you know it, it's hard to teach a student that's hungry. It's hard to teach a student that's, that's gone through trauma. It's hard to to teach a student who's, who's just not, isn't supported at home, and so much of that is outside of your control. So how do you work with community partners to, to answer some of these big questions, you can't solve all of the crime issues in Rockford. We've talked to Chief Red on this, on this program. We've talked to the mayor. We've all said crime is an issue. How does crime impact the, the work of Rockford Public Schools? When you're trying to educate, how does crime get in the way? And what, what can we do about that?
0: I think the success of our students is truly a team sport. Right. We have got to build up our families Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we have to have strong family structures, strong neighborhoods, strong communities, and we have to also have really strong educational institutions. And I think if we do those two things well, I think crime is a lagging indicator that will largely go by the wayside if we do those things well. If we have families and neighborhoods and positive environments for young men and women and their families. I think great things will happen. And that's the generational work we've all signed up for, I think. I think we all want to see better educational attainment. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, we also have to invest in the community as a whole. Right, And I think those investments of high-quality time and high-quality experiences for our students is going to be essential to breaking some of these really bad generational patterns that exist and have existed for far too long in parts of our community.
1: Yeah. And schools and parks play such a huge role in neighborhoods. I mean, you look at schools. I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Byron and and the school was kind of the central hub. And I, I know in Rockford, it's the same, Rockford is a large place and it's the same kind of thing. You know, you gravitate, you're really proud. You went to Auburn high school. Um, I run into a lot of people that professional, professionally run into a lot of people that went to Auburn high school and regardless of their age, it's like, woo, go nights. Do I have it right? i got it. All right, go nights. So even
0: say something like nighttime.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. I'm a tiger from Virate. I don't, I'm not with the sports. We've covered that before, but um, I love that pride. And I love that schools can kind of be that connector. So how do you feel that, that the Rockford Republic school system, how do you feel you you play a role in the belonging concept that's kind of happening in our community?
0: Well, community belonging and that pride you feel in school system, so much of it is academic performance, Mm -hmm. but even more of it is, are we really providing what um, I like to refer to as the front porch experience? What do do our fine arts programs look like? Mm -hmm. What do our athletic programs look like? When we are talking about what people see from the outside, are we providing really high quality extracurricular and co-curricular experiences for our students? Are we providing really high quality job readiness and career readiness and college readiness experiences and i think those things build a loyalty and a brand loyalty to schools and to Mm -hmm. our community and we find when we survey our families they love their school they don't always love our district Mm -hmm. and so i think the more we drive consistency of outcomes across our district the more we're going to see a much stronger and much more excited community about uh the entire community's work as opposed to just their loyalty to a particular school.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So. Um- there's a lot of work to do. Like we talked about, there's a lot of good work that's happened. So we're in a really interesting place. The business community, I think, is ready to jump in. Um, In a second, I'm going to ask you like, okay, the number one thing the business community can do. But in the meantime, we've talked about this conversation that the business community is going to continue to survey through the Rockford Chamber and that we're going to continue to hold the public school system accountable. And I think you're excited about that.
0: I know that sounds strange, but I'm super excited
1: about that. <laughs> right, right. I, I
0: want a, a highly engaged business community that is paying tremendous attention to what's going on. Because if the engagement level is high, then A, we break down some of the disconnect that exists. Mm-hmm. And B, we build partnerships that solve problems together. Right. If we stay disconnected. There's a lot of complaining that goes on. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of com- communication that goes on, but it's sure. mostly <laughs> negative. Right. And it's mostly disconnected. So staying connected to that survey is a big starting point okay we'd love to do some deeper listening sessions great uh the the kind of the voice of the customer yeah and we want to challenge the business community to invest uh in advocacy for making sure business higher ed and k-12 across the region not just the rock public schools are much more tightly aligned moving forward i think far too often the solutions are right there, we are disconnected. And I wanna challenge all of us to listen to each other and find ways that we can ultimately go back to the premise I started with, which is our children don't have to come home, don't have to stay home, and our businesses don't have to stay here. There's very little holding businesses or families to our community other than what I hope will be our continued excellence yeah. in providing solutions that work for students and solutions that work for businesses. So the more we can build those deep, sustainable relationships as systems, the more likely our students are going to be to be excited to be here and our businesses are going to be excited to stay here because this is where the talent is.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I'm excited for that work and I, I think that the business community is ready to answer that call. And and I do, I I too challenge the business community to get involved and to be an active participant. It's really easy to be a troll on Facebook um, or or you know have a lot of opinions. It's a little bit harder to kind of jump in so how do people jump in? How we've convinced them? How, what do they do? What's the first step? We're
0: going to send a leave-behind piece out digitally yep. to everyone, so they can. There's a QR code that will let them jump in. You can certainly reach out to our school district, either directly to me uh, or through that QR code, and we will get you connected with whatever way you want to be involved. And ultimately. We hope to see you when we're sending out those work coaches. Well, even with some passive involvement like that, you know, just acknowledging that we have students that are already in our workforce and helping to be a great co-teacher of those men and women that are working part-time jobs, those high school students that are already out there, those workforce coaches are going to be, I hope, an immediate return yeah. uh, for the business community. So I think there's a lot of exciting things brewing. And stay engaged with that Rockford Promise, too. I think the more we support that as a private sector, the more that the city's investment of a million five a year and the and the investment of our higher ed partners is going to go so much further. So those are some different ways I think we can partner together to create a much stronger partnership moving forward.
1: Awesome, and I think we're planning to do the survey again in the spring, so it's annual. Uh, so be on the lookout for that, and in the meantime, we'll find some other ways to continue to kind of have those listening sessions and and engage. So. Is there anything I missed? Anything that's happening that's amazing? We talked about so much. Anything you wanna wanna throw in?
0: You know, I am just so grateful for the opportunity to talk about our work together. Grateful that we had such a good start with the survey participation. I hope we blow that 160 uh, N number out of the out of the water this year yeah. and have hundreds more uh, businesses represented and giving us feedback. And we're just really looking forward to continuing the conversation outside of the survey. We want to sit down, find out what your talent needs are, and find out if we need, either need to fix an existing program to make it work better for the business community, or if we need to build a new one. We're here to help we really believe the solution is so tied to our ability to partner
1: great well we're excited to do that work thank you very much you've you've been an outstanding supporter of the chamber i applaud you personally for really taking an investment you you were an organization that sent a lot of people through the rockford leadership alliance and it was just It's wonderful to see leaders invest in other leaders, and so thank you very much for doing that.
0: Well, and thank you for that opportunity. As an educational institution, we really value the way the Chamber is investing in young professionals through that program, and it's been a real success for us here. Thank you for listening to the 205 Vibe
1: Podcast. Subscribe to the 205 Vibe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening now. Check out the blog, videos, and news on rps205.com slash 205 vibe.